The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark, and we've got a special guest. He has seen the Eagles in the preseason. He was the analyst for the preseason games on NBC10. He's been at camp. Ross Tucker, glad to have you on the show. John, thank you so much for having me, man. I hope this is an annual thing now, and it's funny because right after the games, I get to talk with you every week for the preseason game. I don't actually see you. I just turn around the booth and start talking with you but it's great because people always tell me they see me on that they got their tv on nbc 10 and they stay on it after the game so it's great i actually i walked by you on uh last thursday night you were talking with mike quick as i was heading to the car to go down to the jersey shore you were still working man yeah you were heading down the shore and that's always a good ride at that hour because there's not as many people on the road and then i ran into you of course in avalon for a nice dinner so it's good to see ross tucker two days in a row yeah isn't that something man it was great to see you and uh those days are numbered though now my friend unfortunately uh my my weekends are about to be occupied for the rest of the year so i, I get one more mini stint at the at the shore this weekend and then uh, then it's kind of over for me, unfortunately. I, I almost want to, like, cry every year. I, th- those weekends are, like, gold to me. I mean, I'm sure every, a lot of people listening or watching can relate, but I do a morning bike ride. You know, I love just reading on the beach. I like the walks on the beach, the outdoor shower, oh. the cocktail after oh. the outdoor shower, yeah. go out to dinner. I got my routine down, man. Ross, there's nothing like an outdoor shower for people that have not experienced an outdoor shower. I want it at my house back in the Philly area. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Oh, I could amazing. probably get an ad on here out, uh, out, out, out past Philly. I could probably get an ad on here somewhere. It, I don't know why it's so nice, but it just is. It, it's amazing because you still got that fresh air and you start your day with an Uncle Bill's breakfast down the shore, Get jump in that ocean. The ocean's been amazing. But enough of this talk. Let's talk about football. We only have two Sundays left without Eagles football. And, and Ross, I was out there today and you have seen it all camp. You saw it during the, um, the training camp practices. When I watched this Eagles receiving core of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, is is there a chance they're even better this year than they were last year? And last year they became the first pair of Eagles receivers to have a thousand yards each in the same season. Well, so a few thoughts here, John. Number one, the NFL is just crazy, man. I mean, it was what two years ago, maybe, that the major complaint among Eagles fans was that they didn't have any receivers. Then they draft Devontae Smith a couple years ago trade for A.J. Brown last year, and that quick, the Eagles went from having one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL to having arguably the best duo in the league. I mean, it's just amazing how quickly things can change in the league. And I'll tell you why I do think they could be even better this year. Probably three different reasons, actually, John. Number one is 
it's another year with Jalen Hurts. So it's another year where those guys should be more and more comfortable working with each other, having a good feel for when it should be a back shoulder throw, when you should throw it over the top, what they're going to do on certain option routes, what they're going to do against certain coverages. So just the familiarity gives them a chance to be better. Number two, I think Jalen Hurts might be a little bit better, John. It's funny. I'm sure you've heard this from some of your boys. Some of my guys are like, is he really that good? Like, are we sure he's going to do that again? Are we sure it wasn't like a one-year wonder thing? Because some people still remember 2021 where Jalen was really up and down. And what I've been saying to them is, based on training camp, I think he actually might be a little bit better. I think I think Hurts might be a little bit better this year. I think he might continue to improve. So familiarity is one. Hurts being a little bit better could help them. That's two. And I think Devontae Smith in particular is still just a young player. I mean, they both are pretty young. But Devontae Smith, you know, going into year three, I think there's still growth there. I don't think he's in his prime yet. So, yeah, for all those reasons, John, I think that they could be even better this year. Which, and I said this last Thursday night, I never heard of a team having one receiver break the franchise record for yards in the same season the other receiver breaks the franchise record for catches. I mean, how is that even possible? Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, I want to remind everybody, these are the great insights you can get on Ross Tucker's podcast. Get a listen to that because that is a great podcast. And of course, we enjoyed having you on NBC 10 doing the games, the preseason games. We don't get to see the starters. But when I was at practice today, the joint practice, the thing about Devontae to me, of course, we know about his route running. But now you see how strong his hands are and the contested catches. And is there more trust, do you think? We've seen the trust with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown with the contested catches. But it seems like Jalen and Devontae, there's such a great trust there now. Jalen can throw that ball up for Devontae, even at his size. Yeah, you know what's so interesting about that, John? You know, there was a concern about Devontae Smith coming out, and that was his size. You know, that that was, I mean, I, I remember looking at him a couple years ago, and he's gotten a little bit thicker, I think, a little bit. But, John, as a rookie, he might have been the thinnest NFL player in the lower body I think I've ever seen. And that had to be a concern for some teams. But I think that this is sort of the, the new age NFL a little bit. You know, what he lacks in power and girth allows him, in my mind, to be a better route runner because he gets in and out of his breaks quicker because he's not he doesn't have as much weight to carry, right? Like, so getting in and out of your breaks is a product of change of direction, right? Well, it's a lot easier to change direction in a Porsche than it is in a bread truck, right? Like if you weigh less and you're smaller, it's easy to get in and out of confined spaces like Devontae does, as opposed to some of these huge receivers where it's just not, they're just not going to win that way. I think the thing is about Devontae and AJ Brown is they're both better than I realized. AJ Brown, I thought was a big run after catch guy, John. I thought he was a guy that could catch slants and in-breaking routes, RPOs, better route runner than I thought, better deep ball receiver than I thought, better contested catch guy than I thought, although I knew he was pretty good at that. Devontae, I thought, was the route runner, the sideline feet and hands. He's much better in contested catch situations than I realized. You know, it's almost like it doesn't hurt him 
that he's not as big and strong as AJ, he wins because he's like Gumby. You know, he's like so thin and long that he's able to contort his body in the air and the body control. It's really beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. And uh, it's beautiful that the Eagles have both those guys. Yeah, you're right. It is art. And you're right about Devontae. When he came in, I'm like, Phil Mickelson has bigger calves than this guy. So (laughs) it's pretty amazing what he's done. So, so now you get one of the best receiving pairs in the NFL, and you've got Dallas Goddard, the work you can do in the red zone. You've got the offensive line. Um, what do you think the addition of these running backs, DeAndre Swift especially, who can catch the ball out of the backfield, what do you think that does for the offense as a whole and the defense lining up trying to cover each of these guys? Well, I really like it because – you know, Dallas Goddard is fantastic. Uh, we talked about this with him during the game last Thursday against Cleveland. I don't – I mean, I do know why he's underrated, underappreciated. He just doesn't get the ball that much, right? Like, you know, Kelsey's the number one guy in Kansas City. Andrew's the number one guy in Baltimore. If Goddard was somewhere where he was the number one target, I think he would put up ridiculous numbers. I think Dallas Goddard really is that good of a player. But – I guess I feel like, John, Goddard sort of controls the middle of the field. And you got A.J. and you got Devontae going down the sidelines. What I think Kenny Gainwell and DeAndre Swift will open up is the flats. You know, you didn't really have to fear the Eagles throwing the ball to the backs on checkdowns, whether it's over the ball in the middle of the field or in the flat. Swift and Gainwell are weapons in the passing game. And I think as they start to face more and more two deep safety looks, right? If you're playing the Eagles, you're probably going to play two deep safeties because you want to have safety help over the top of both those receivers. So what are the Eagles going to do? They're either going to run it because you're a man short in the run game, or they can just check it down to the running backs because everything's pushed back with the receivers and Goddard. And I think Gainwell and Swift can really gobble up a bunch of yards underneath that these teams are going to sit in these two deep coverages. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think there was like some people who are saying, well, now that Jalen has this huge contract and now that they have all these weapons everywhere, they don't really need to run Jalen as much. But I think at camp, I've seen him take off and run sometimes and design runs. Do you think that he will still run as much as he did last year? Because he likes being a triple threat? Well, I don't think he's going to run as much as he did last year. I think he's going to run. My guess would be less designed quarterback runs. You'll still see a couple scrambles a game in the passing attack, and you'll still see him pull the ball a couple times a game from zone reads or RPOs when it's not there and that's what the read – I mean, he's going to do what the read tells him to do. I think you'll see less of the Eagles just calling a run for Jalen Hurts unless it's an absolutely got-to-have-it fourth down situation or down near the goal line. You know, the value that he provides is really the threat of the run as much as anything else. Keeps defenses honest when he drops back to pass. And I even spoke to DeAndre Swift about this at length. Man, that backside defender on those zone reads – you you gotta have a you gotta have an answer for Jalen Hurts. If you don't, he will pull the ball and he'll get a bunch of yards. If you do, then it creates terrific angles for the offensive line and for the running backs because that last defender 
isn't closing down. The last defender isn't coming down the line to protect that backside C gap on the outside of the tackle, usually Mylata. They're waiting there to see if Hertz has the ball or not, opens up that cutback line lane for the for the uh, Eagles running backs. And and about Jalen Hurts, um, you know, the Sports Illustrated issue came out. He always wanted to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated, so that's kind of cool he wanted to do that story. And you see the preparation in the offseason. You hear about the leadership. You see the lock screen on his phone has him walking off with the Chiefs confetti all around him. I mean, at 25 years old, is this guy really on a mission, like one of his idols, Michael Jordan, to absolutely be the best? Well, so first of all, I want to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated too, but that's not going to happen. So I don't know. I mean, (laughs) but good for him. That's amazing. John, I got to ask you something because I I point this out. I know you've probably interviewed him a bunch of times. Have you ever seen him smile or laugh? Very rarely. Very, very rarely. I haven't had a chance to read the article yet. I saw some quotes where Greg Bishop said, you know, he's the most intentional person that he's ever met. And that's how I would describe him. You know, you know me, I'm kind of a goofball. I like to laugh, have fun, you know, crack a joke, whatever. Maybe it's a terrible dad joke that Scott Graham won't play along with, whatever it is. I don't (laughs) care. But I I like to do those things. I haven't been able to get Jalen Hurts to even get close to cracking a smile yet. It's almost unnerving because that's like my default, right? My default is sort of uh, humor and that's not really his deal. You know, I asked him about it and he said, what's important to me is important to me. And I don't shy away from intensity. And he like stared right through my eyes as he said, I don't shy away from intensity. I was like, man, I'm good with that. I'm glad you're the Eagles quarterback because he even mentioned, John, which I thought was interesting. I said, did you ever take any time this offseason to reflect on what you accomplished or enjoy it? And he said, no, not really. And maybe that's a problem. Maybe I should every once in a while, but I'm just I'm just not wired that way. He's yeah. always on to the next. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's amazing. Um And I can see why Carson Wentz may have been a little bit like looking over his shoulder when Jalen first came in that locker room because he is like that. And he was asked today just about, are you having fun? Do you have fun or what makes football fun with all the work that you put in early hours, late hours? And just like you, he stared at the questioner and just said, winning. Like that's that's the fun, all the work that goes into it, all of it winning and he almost like looks through your soul when he says that he's he says it with conviction so i agree with what you said um my one concern on offense and i want to ask you about this being a former offensive lineman jason kelsey and cam jurgens together on the line maybe not the size at guard that you're looking for in some cases the athleticism is there is there any concern about another team like lining up their biggest dudes right over Jason Kelsey and Cam Jurgens. How do you guard against that? No pun intended. Yeah, no, you know, um, they could certainly go to a five down front and they could put their big guys on Kelsey and Jurgens. Now, a lot of times those guys are working in concert with each other. So I'm not really worried about their size when it's a double team. But in one-on-one situations, you know, for years people have tried to test Kelsey's size. And that's what Jurgens better get ready for. Because 
whatever he is, 305, whatever it is, John, they're going to test Jurgen's size and power early and often. But the thing is, is he's 6'3". So he kind of has some natural leverage, not being a real tall guy. And also, I've heard several stories already, that dude is strong, really strong. And even watching him in the one-on-ones against Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter, some of those other guys, I think he's just good. I, I think he's going to be fine. I'm not really worried about it. Are, are there is there a chance for a little bit of growing pains early in the year? Maybe, but I would also say this. Whatever he gives up in power uh, or size, girth, he more than makes up for athleticism. And I, I can only picture, John, some screen passes to DeAndre Swift with both Jurgens and Kelsey in front, arguably two of the three or four most athletic linemen in the entire league. Yeah. Wow. You're exactly right. I mean, and then my Lada, you know, he'll just run over people. Um, so you just mentioned it one-on-one battles and we're seeing Jalen Carter get more reps with the first team. He was in there today, a couple snaps, the first team with Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter at this point, like halfway through the season, when I, when you, when you say we're halfway through the season, do you think he's going to be starting? Well, I don't know if he'll be starting um, because I, I think it it depends on what front they're in. And I do think Jordan Davis is really good at, at what he's being asked to do. Fletcher Cox is going to start. And so if they're only in a four-man front, I think it's Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox. If it's a five-man front, I think to start, it'll be Milton Williams. I think Milton Williams is a lot better than people realize and has a chance to have a really big year. I do think Carter will play a lot. I, I do think Carter will play a lot. And what I wonder, John, is how much they use him in rundowns or if early in his career to not put too much on his plate, perhaps the Eagles even go ahead and primarily use him as an interior rusher because that's the biggest thing they lost, right? They they lost Hargrave. And Hargrave was the best interior rusher they had. You know, Jordan Davis isn't really known for that. And Fletcher Cox getting up there in years, and they don't want to have him play that many snaps. So I almost wonder if the rotation for the interior rushers becomes Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, and Jalen Carter, those three guys rolling through in obvious passing downs, which is a lot. I mean, there's more often than not, you're in a four-man front or in a nickel front expecting pass than you are even in your base front. So uh, I think Carter plays a lot this year. And, man, it would really be helpful for the Eagles if he could be productive. I think it's asking too much to think he could do what Hargrave did last year. Hargrave was an unbelievable football player last year. Very, very rare for a rookie to do that. What I'm hoping is that Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, and Carter, the combination of all three of those young guys, getting better throughout the season, taking the next step can make up for what the Eagles lost with Javon Hargrave going to the Niners. Yeah. And, and uh, look, that defensive line, they've got waves of, of pass rushers. They've got waves at the defensive line, the corners, the secondary, very good. A little concern about linebacker and safety, especially with a new defensive coordinator, all the communication that goes on. Who do you think is going to wind up starting next to Reed Blankenship at safety? Such a good question. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sean Desai, the D coordinator, told us that, that they would basically decide after the last preseason game because he wanted to start to get those guys reps together. 
at both linebacker and at safety. My guess at linebacker, uh, just based on what I've been hearing in the last game, is that they'll start Zach Cunningham because of his experience. But I would expect, based on how he's performed, Christian Ellis to get some snaps and rotate through. Christian Ellis, I think, has earned it. Feels to me like those are the top three linebackers. Although I still think Nick Morrow is better than other people give him credit for. At safety, boy, I don't know. I I mean, it feels like they kind of like this Justin Evans right now. I think Sidney Brown, the rookie, is coming. And I wonder if Edmonds, because he can play nickel linebacker, if that hurts him in his bid for the starting safety job because Edmonds is more versatile and can play both safety and linebacker. So I don't know, John. It's probably a toss-up. I think if I had to, maybe I'd go with Evans right now, but it could just easily be Edmonds. And like I said, stay keep your eye on Sidney Brown because he's coming. Yeah, he is. Uh, and it's interesting because Evans got more first team reps today. As soon as I thought maybe it was going to be Sidney Brown, you see Evans get more reps. And then also Kayvon Wallace. He's been kind of a late bloomer in high school and college. What do you think about his chance possibly being there? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He played so many snaps in the last preseason game that it kind of makes me wonder. But the flip side is they don't really have any other guys. You know, I mean, it was just Tristan McCollum and Kayvon Wallace. They they, they were kind of limited on what guys they could put out there. I'll say this about Kayvon Wallace, John. You know, people were really excited when they drafted him. Fourth round, Clemson, whatever. Thought he'd go higher. I mean, that's a good fourth round pick, man. I mean, he's going to be on the team, it looks like, for a fourth year. He's going to be in the safety rotation, play on special teams. If you ask every GM, they would take that right now for every fourth round pick. I think people lose sight of that. Sometimes a lot of fourth round picks get cut. A lot of fourth round picks never start a game for you, never really even play for you. So while he might not end up being what I think some people were hoping for, I think Kayvon Wallace still represents a good fourth round choice. And speaking of safety, and maybe it won't be a safety, but who do you think is going to be the guy to cover some of these really good tight ends that the Eagles are going to face? Because I I was seeing James Bradbury sometimes lining up in the slot. Uh, do you think that that's a possibility with this defense, defense? Well, you know, if you go against a team like a Baltimore or Kansas City whose passing game goes through the tight end, it is a possibility. Or even some of these teams that they'll put a really big guy in the slot a big receiver, and that's who they throw it to because Avante Maddox isn't the biggest guy. So I think that's a possibility. My guess, though, is that they were just working Bradbury because you never know who's active or not during game day, and they want to have some other options in case somebody like Avante Maddox went down. Remember, he got hurt a couple times last year. So this defense, do you think it is going to be a little bit of a work in progress with the new defensive coordinator and a lot of new players mixing in because they lost some of those starters? I do. Yeah. And people get upset about that. It's so funny now that I do the Eagles games, because when I say something positive about the Eagles, I'm a homer. When I say anything negative about the Eagles, I'm a hater. This isn't negative. (laughs) They lost five starters on defense. They lost their best D tackle, their two linebackers and their two safeties all up the middle, really hard to be better the next year. And they lost their D coordinator, really hard to be better the next year. I just hope that they're good enough at those spots so that there's not much of a drop-off. And then the additions like Nolan Smith, who looked good the other night, and Jalen Carter 
can make up for it. And the edge rushers and the pass rush and D-line and corners, I mean, they're still elite at D-line and corners, which are the two spots you want to be elite on defense. They just need the linebackers and safeties to play well enough. A couple more questions before I wrap this up, and you can listen to more of these insights on the Ross Tucker podcast. Last year, remember the talk in the offseason? I mean, people were wondering, will the Eagles get Russell Wilson? Will they get Deshaun Watson? There was all that talk. Jalen Hurts completely erased that and probably went far beyond what we thought. So maybe you could say he's been the most improved Eagle. But if I were to ask who's the second most improved Eagle, maybe going back to preseason right now, last year at this time, who would you say is your second most improved Eagle? That's a good question. I mean, I, I think the answer that comes to mind right away, you know, and probably because he came out of nowhere is probably Reed Blankenship, right? I mean, a year ago, John, he was an afterthought in the preseason games that played well enough that they ended up keeping him on the roster. Now, they don't even dress him for the preseason games because he's that established. He's picking off Deshaun Watson 37 times in two days, and he looks like he's going to be a really good player. You know, he's finally getting all these reps with the ones. He played pretty well last year just being thrown into the fire. Now he's got that confidence of knowing he can do it year two. Boy, that bodes well for him to really have a nice year for the Eagles and make some plays. Is there a guy you've been watching doing these preseason games or the training camp practices who could be the next Reed Blankenship who kind of comes out of nowhere and earns his spot and then just accelerates? I don't know that I noticed it from any of the undrafted guys, I will say the two young corners I think are good. Uh, Mario Goodrich, undrafted last year. Josh Job, undrafted last year. Job, you know, and, and by the way, John, the Eagles need these guys to be good now that McPherson's done for the year, right? I mean, Job is the next corner in on the outside, and Goodrich might be the backup nickel Thankfully, they look to me like they're ready. They played really well. So those are the guys that, you know, there's a real chance. Hopefully it doesn't happen, knock on wood. But if somebody gets hurt, those guys might go out there and start 12 games, 14 games, and might end up showing that they are legitimately good NFL starting players once they get an opportunity this year. Well, I love it. Uh, Ross Tucker, now we're going to miss you Thursday night for the final preseason game. The game is on Prime Video. They're bringing in Al Michaels and the crew. So not on NBC 10, but I think you're going to still enjoy the Eagles game, right? I mean, you, you've got. Yeah, you know what, man? Um, I never get to do this. I'm going to the uh, the Jersey Shore with my family that night. And I thought, I never get to actually take my daughters and wife to a game. I don't have to work that night. So um, my one night off the whole season I'm going to the Eagles game anyway. I'm taking my <laughs> wife and daughters. We got tickets to the game. I'm going to park, tailgate. I never get to tailgate. I know you don't either, John. I'm going to tailgate uh, for a little bit, head in, watch some of the game, just enjoy sitting in stands with my daughters, watching the Eagles play. You know, they'll enjoy it, get a chance to be with daddy at a game instead of just watching me on TV. And then, then we'll head down and have a nice weekend. Down in uh, down in Stone Harbor, but yeah, man, my my one day off, I'm going to the Eagles game. <laughs> <laughs> and and the daughters, did you go 
to Taylor Swift with them. So is there a little bit of a, like in the same summer, going to a Taylor Swift tailgate and an Eagles tailgate? We absolutely did. It was their first concert ever. They're huge Taylor Swift fans. As you know, you know, she's from my hometown of Wyoming, Pennsylvania. Now we're west of Philly. So we uh, we have a lot of pride in, in what she's accomplished. She's a tremendous role model for my girls. They loved it. They knew every word of every song. It was like, honestly, it was like almost like a religious experience just to watch them sing along to every song. It was incredible. My only frustration is that DeAndre Swift didn't play against the Browns or that I'm not doing the game Thursday night because I had all kinds of Taylor Swift jokes ready <laughs> if DeAndre was out there. You know, that's the best performance I've seen by a Swift since May. I, I was ready for it, John. Didn't get a chance to pull him out. Well, if the Eagles possibly trade for Jonathan Taylor, you could have Taylor and Swift in the backfield. <laughs> hearing this. I don't think that's happening, man, but no. that'd be funny. No, we can dream. But uh, Ross Tucker, thank you so much for your time. We love your analysis on the preseason games on NBC 10. And a couple more Sundays, and this season is on. It should be another special one. Of course, John. My pleasure. And who knows? Maybe I'll even see you on the field before the game Thursday night. Thanks you so much for having me. You got it. And check out the Ross Tucker podcast. Always a great listen. Very informative. Thanks a lot. Oh, I'm so flagrant.